Welcome to What's in the Cup, another podcast here from Georgia Southwestern State University amid the COVID-19 pandemic that is sweeping the country. And uh, we are certainly dealing with the effects here at the university. And uh, I'm Neil Weaver, uh, sitting here almost... Uh, alone on this nice, beautiful day here in Americas, but uh, Bob's back uh, to help us again and have a great guest with us today, Dr. Suzanne Smith, provost at GSW. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. We um, uh, There's not many of us left on campus. Uh, the folks are doing a great job of, of two things. One, uh, we're having a lot of folks that need to be on campus come to campus. They're continuing to do their work campus still looks beautiful. Uh, I know that the students are being provided with the resources they need to be successful. Financial aid still functioning at, you know, the registrars, everybody's still doing the right things as far as getting the work done. But the other thing that people are doing really well at is not being here if they can avoid it, right? So we're doing a lot of teleworking. Folks are working from home. We're figuring out how to use uh, Microsoft Teams. We're figuring out uh, that there are a lot of things that we can do um, from uh, distant locations. And, uh, and so I just want to thank everybody for uh, doing that. I, I personally have tried to work at home a couple times and uh, I, have, I go home with the best of intentions and I'm terrible at it, uh, just terrible at it. So uh, I tend to come back up here to the office and uh, do my work here. But uh, we, we are continuing to function, and I want to thank everybody for the work that we're doing. Uh, the show today is going to be a little different. Usually we talk about uh, some things coming up at the university, some things that are going on, and to be honest, there's just nothing going on. We have no events, we have no special events, we have no activities. So we're going to talk today specifically about uh, courses moving to the online format. We're going to talk about uh, some of the processes that we're going through to to make the alterations that we need to make. And then we'll talk a little bit about uh, student success and retention and looking ahead to next semester, the May semester, summer semester and fall uh, and how we're doing there. But I just want to point out that today would be opening day of Major League Baseball season. That's uh, supposed to be happening today. So typically I would take the day off today to go watch the Chicago Cubs. However, since they're not playing, I'm working and- uh, Sadness abounds. It, it really is. You know, we've missed the NCAA March Madness, which is always a, a good couple of days to take off to watch basketball all day long. And then opening day is one of my favorite days. And so there will be, the good news is there will be an opening day sooner or later there will be an opening day and uh, do they just delay their season unlike some of the other sports i think that the plan is to delay the season figure out they probably won't play all 162 games this year uh, but they will come up with something uh, maybe more double headers than they've ever had before which might be fun it's kind of exciting uh, so you know it could be interesting but i think the interesting thing is they're working out now uh, 
players get paid by games. Oh, that's right. And so they sign these contracts based on, I'm going to play 162 games. Well, if you only play 145 games, where well, I'm not, you know, the owner said, I'm not going to pay you. Welcome to the real that, world. That much, right? And so they're having to negotiate what this looks like. So the players want to play as many games as possible, but they don't want to play too many double headers because that's tough on that's them exhausting. physically. Yeah. So uh, really interesting. Not my problem, not our problem. <laughs> Thankfully. Fun to fun to see that somebody else has some problems that they have to work out because we're, you know, we're doing the same thing here. That's right. Uh, trying to figure out how do we do this. And so I wanted to start with some information I sent out earlier today to campus. Uh, we have lifted the restriction on employees and students from Albany. Uh, seven days ago, Albany put in place a seven day, um, I don't want to say quarantine, but certainly a, a shelter in place. Uh, Al Albany was having a, uh, a spike in uh, not only tests, but positive tests. And so they uh, made a pretty uh, severe uh, restriction on their community. And at the same time, we were doing move out day and and so we just we just followed their lead and said for seven days we'll uh, follow that guidance those seven days are over starting tomorrow and so uh, we have lifted the ban uh, but of course what's happened since then is Doherty County's come up with something Sumter County has come up with uh, an emergency management uh, policy uh, and so I would ask that people uh, really follow what their county and what Sumter County has said, and the real and what's what's in there is basically we're not going to have we're not supposed to have gatherings of more than ten people. Uh, you're supposed to avoid uh, closed close contact among people, even if it's less than ten. You don't want to put them bunched together in small groups, uh, office spaces. Uh, schools, childcare facilities, uh, manufacturing facilities, hospitals, pharmacies, you know, a lot of things are still open, but there is a 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. curfew. And so if you're up here working after nine o'clock, you probably should go home uh, at nine o'clock and uh, shelter in place until six o'clock in the morning and uh, follow some of these rules. You know, they, they don't necessarily apply to the campus, but as a community member and as a part of Sumter County, uh, we want to follow along as best we can. Um, and so we, we certainly encourage everyone to do that. But I just wanted to make sure everybody understood that if you're living in Albany, uh, if you are safe, if you are, have not been exposed, then uh, we leave it to your best judgment to make a decision that's best for you. If you can telework, continue to work with your supervisor to uh, coordinate those activities and make sure that you have the resources to continue to do that. But if you need to be here, uh, contact your supervisor and make arrangements to get that done. We also completed move out, uh, student move out from the residence halls completed yesterday. So they started last Friday and went, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, over 76% uh, of our campus students moved out. And we have 23 students that have been approved to stay on campus throughout the um, rest of this break, <laughs> I guess. That's, I'm never quite sure what to right. call it, right? Um, and then we have some students, obviously, um, that 
were not able to move out, whether they might have been from Albany or they might have been from another uh, area that was uh, a hot spot. Uh, obviously, some of our Atlanta students were, were not allowed to come down. Some of our Florida students were not allowed to come up based on where they lived. Uh, but those students will be working with housing specifically uh, for themselves to pick a day and to, to coordinate their move out. But I just I want to thank uh, Latoya Stackhouse, uh, Drea Mood, uh, for the work that they did to really coordinate this whole process. Uh, it, it took a lot of planning, a, a lot of work, a lot of time uh, to get all this together, to communicate it, to get the volunteers in place. And it really went very well. I, I was able to check on the process uh, most of the days. And uh, while sad, yeah. It was well done. People were cooperative. They, um, you know, most of them yeah. said, I, I want to come back already. Uh, I so. thought about that a lot over the weekend as students were moving out. As a senior, I mean, my last semester was one of the best times yeah. of my life. I mean, literally. Yeah. And how sad that would be to have left for spring break thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to have an amazing month when I get back. And now it's I don't have my books or my laptop. I have to pack up my house, you know, my house. It's mm -hmm. my home now. Yeah, yeah. How, how sad that would be for these students. My heart really goes out to them. That's right. And no commencement. No, no commencement. No, no, no Greek final life, no. moment with your classmates, right? Uh, so I agree. It was, it was, it was, you know, they move, students move out every year. Sure. Right? Every, at the end of semester, but they know it's out. coming. But the, and this was they've just had their goodbyes. Different. Yeah, it was very different uh, mood wise, and and um, but it was well done. And I and I again, I want to thank uh, all those folks. And I know that that uh, they had a lot of help. Uh, there was a lot of uh, I'd say volunteers. Some of these people uh, work at the university uh, in other areas. But Christy Ward, Shannon Green, David Jenkins, Katie Roberts, Darcy Donaldson, Darcy Bragg, Angie Christmas. Madison Reagan, uh, Nicole, uh, Nikki Levering, uh, Judy Orton Grissett, uh, Dr. Eordanova, uh, Deborah Palmer, I think it was Svetlin that was uh, Dr. Eordanova, uh, Don Goodwin, uh, Godwin, uh, Laura uh, Bauer, Buddy Smith, Kelby Lamar, Lisa Isom, Michelle Ragsdale. They all uh, gave of their time to help uh, check people in. Uh, work with the families to get that work done and uh, and so we just appreciate that and it, it makes a difference you know just like on move-in day when we make a, a an impact on these students and their families lives I mean move-in day is a special day and people remember it mm -hmm. and the move-out day while it was a different emotion I think it's a day they'll remember because it was emotional right and they will I think they will appreciate how well it was done how yeah. organized it was how um, how supportive we were of them and so while one is a really exciting fun day one's a, was a little sad it's still a memory sure and i think it will end up being a very positive memory so i want to thank everybody for that uh students who may uh, be listening you are to get a refund for uh, housing and meal plans and every student that uh, pays their fees except for our online students uh, if you're online only 
I don't think you're going to get a refund, but the rest of the students will get a refund. Uh, refunds for students that did not live on campus and did not have a meal plan, you're going to get $20.05 back on your check. And so I hope you keep that and uh, you can buy go, everybody a sandwich. Because we'd say, back. go see a movie once, <laughs> once the quarantine we, uh, is over. <laughs> We are uh, refunding 53% of the remaining activity fee. So you think we've made it through basically three quarters of the year. So whatever was left, uh, we're refunding over 50% of that. We're refunding 21% of the remaining student success fee. And uh, so for, uh, like I said, for, for non-housing meal plan, about 20 bucks for students that get that were that were in the residence halls and had a meal plan could be somewhere between a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars depending on what meal plan and how many um, uh, what what are the dollars that the, the flex dollars flex dollars how many flex dollars they had will depend on their refund but those will uh, we we certainly expect to have those in people's hands by April 15th. And uh, if you're not familiar with how the refund process works, please get online or call the business office and make sure you understand it goes onto a card. I, I'm not fully uh, briefed on the process, but I do know it goes onto a card. If you do not have a card, then you will get a check in the mail. The checks in the mail take a little longer than if they put it on your card. So if you're interested and need information about that, please call the uh, housing uh, office or the business office. All right. Uh, Dr. Smith, you're going to talk to us a little bit about, uh, obviously, we're making some <clears throat> massive changes to the way we teach. And I know you've been working very hard on transitioning to the online environment. So uh, talk to us about what's been going on and, and what students might want to be thinking about and what, what faculty members are going to be doing and thinking about as we do to make this, tra and, you know, this transition. I mean, most schools do this. It takes a year. It, easy, and yeah. we're doing it in two weeks. Two weeks. weeks. Two yeah. weeks. Um, and so first of all, I'd like to take this opportunity to say thank you to our deans and to our faculty to our admins, the staff that are helping them. Um, they've worked tirelessly the last two weeks to kind of make these transitions. And if you think about, um, for many of our faculty, that means that they're doing a new modality for the first time ever in their teaching career. And it, it's a big deal. I, I've taught online before and I've taught in a flipped class. And um, it took me about two and a half more times uh, it took me twice as long to do things online as it took me to do in person because I had to think in a different way. Yeah. So now imagine you're teaching a biology lab or a chemistry lab or um, a piano lesson or you know ceramics and you have to figure out what you're going to do. So um, I've been so impressed with the work that the people have been doing. They haven't complained. They've been forward thinking and creative. Um, they've been thoughtful about their process. They've reached out to people all across the country, not just in other USG institutions. Um, it really highlights the, the culture of our campus, right? We talk all the time that we're a, a small institution that cares about our students, that, that really focuses on uh, family mm -hmm. uh, commitment to each other. 
And we say that a lot. Mm -hmm. This has been an unbelievable opportunity to kind of showcase that. And I think everything you're saying is exactly that, right? People have done what they needed to do because they believe so deeply in what what they're doing and who they're doing it for. Uh, It's it's been awe-inspiring, I have to say. It's been um, the pride that they take in their work. Sure, it's something new and something different, but they want students to get a high-quality education, and they're committed to making sure that that happens no matter what. Um, we have done uh, tried to do a lot from academic affairs. Judy Orton Grissett's been very helpful in these efforts, putting together resources for faculties. Um, we have staff in IT that have worked with faculty, so we've done everything from this is how you log into Georgia View for those classes that don't typically use that to um, here are different things that you can do in Georgia View. Here's how you can have a live class session. Here's how you can have a discussion board. Here's how you can do a, a lab for your students. Um, we have sessions on screen capturing, library resources, proctoring exams. We have a team of faculty as well that have volunteered their time and their energies to do remote assistance through Microsoft Teams. So if you are a faculty member trying to put your class together, um, this was me just a few days ago, I couldn't figure out how to get a certain function to work um, in Georgia View. And so there's this team of faculty that are out there that if you log in, schedule an appointment with them, then they'll meet with you live virtually and show you how to access the kinds of things that you're trying to help. But these are people that have used the technologies in their classroom before. And I'm just so impressed that in the middle of all of this, so many faculty came forward to say, absolutely, I'm here to help. What can I do? Can I lead a workshop? I can do, if they want to give me access to their classes, I can go in live with them and do work and let them see. It's, it's been... Um, it's been astonishing. What about when, uh, obviously classes are supposed to kind of re- restart on, on Monday. Monday. Right. So let's say a, a faculty member starts their class on Monday and gets into the course and says, oh my gosh, I, I have a question or I don't know, you know, I don't know if I did this right or maybe I could do this better. Is there still, are they still going to have those same opportunities? Absolutely. These will, um, these will be around for the whole semester because I think that you're right. The first week we can kind of figure out how to make this work, but it's once you get into the routine of things that you think, oh, this would actually be pretty fun on the discussion board, but I didn't see that workshop, or I've tried it and I couldn't quite get it figured out. So this this team of people is gonna be there all semester to help people figure this out. And they can, if you go onto the COVID-19 GSW webpage, <laughs> there's a section, it sounds kind of fancy. Yes, it does. Um, you can go into the faculty resource section and you'll see a whole list of things, way to transition your class online, ways to help your students, um, a link to sign up for these live sessions with faculty, a link to give permission for someone else to be able to live remote into your actual class to, to help you figure some of these things out. Um, so all of that's available on that webpage. And, um, and if you see things that if you think of things that you want to do that you don't see on there, please email me because I'm confident I can find someone that can help you figure that out. Yeah, that's good. It's uh, like I said before, this is something that if you asked a faculty member or department to put their entire program online, you would probably give them at least a year runway. Absolutely. And and to do this in two weeks has been spectacular. Um, I, I don't. I'm, I'm sure that people all across the country, and we're not the only school doing it, right? I mean, every, right. you know, the majority, uh, the majority of institutions across the country are doing it. But I would guess the general public has no idea 
the amount of effort <laughs> and technology and thought that goes into right. this kind of transition and to do it so quickly. I mean, we're, obviously there's a whole lot of industries that have been upended sure. and, and we're not the only ones and I don't want to make it sound like we're martyrs here, but, but it is, it, it has been pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think our students are going to, going to really have a great end of this semester. They're going to get good quality uh, education. They're going to, those that come back next year, I think are going to be prepared to do, you know, mm -hmm. do the next class and to continue on, uh, which is the number one thing is to making sure this doesn't set them back in any way. But well, uh, it's just amazing. Part of what makes this unique though, I, I agree with everything that you've said, but for a lot of businesses, it's how do I communicate this information and how do I have a meeting where we share information? This is, that in addition to how do I make sure they understand mm -hmm. the content? Yeah. We've probably all sat in meetings virtually where we may not have always got everything that was going on, but eh, you know, yeah. not, not my problem so much, right. but they have to have this information because if they're freshmen, sophomores, juniors, they're going to be right back in the classroom in a few months and they're going to expect that, th that know knowledge it. is there. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot more than just passing information back and forth from, from my perspective. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's why, um, that's why it's so difficult is how do you make this learning the same when you don't have the, because, you know, when I look out in a classroom, I can tell who's there and who's not. And I can tell, you know, sometimes I say something and it makes perfect sense to me. But when I look at their faces, I'm like, no one has a clue what I just said. Yeah. And you can't do that unless you're doing something live with your students. So a lot of faculty are moving to actual virtual classrooms where they can see their students live. And, yeah. um, but it, you have to figure out how do I know that they're learning this when I can't get those visual clues from them. Yeah, it's you know it's it's the discussion. I I hear a lot of the discussion around uh, national discussion on TV. You know, uh, the world will never be the same. We've we've now learned how you know how to work remotely and how we, and so people are not going to uh, you know companies will, will sell or quit leasing space mm. because they don't need it anymore. And, and I, I think one of the things we're going to learn is that we really like to teach in front of people. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I mean, clearly some things can be done online and be done really well online, but I, but I really think that we're going to recognize that there's great value in being in a classroom together. Like you said, mm -hmm. that interaction, uh, we've always kind of known that, but this is really going to bring mm -hmm. it uh, forward that not only do you have to do it in class, but now we have to find ways to bring that same kind of learning into the online environment. And technology's allowed that to happen more, sure. as you mentioned, with video conferencing and things that certainly improved over the years. Uh, but I think we're going to see a lot more of, of that in, in both the classroom and now we're going to see it in the online format as the, well. You know, the, the flip could also happen that we might have faculty who have resisted using um, Georgia View or any type of online technologies that might say, okay, so maybe I can deliver some of this on Georgia View for them to watch. And then I use my classroom in a different way, the, the flipped classroom model yeah. that, I, that yeah. I talked about. It changed my life when I moved to that model. Not, it doesn't work for every person yeah. or every class, but you know, it could have both sides of, of the coin that someone sees, oh, okay, so maybe I could be using this in a way that I haven't thought of before. Yeah. So better better outcomes i think yeah. uh, for all of us and uh, while we we hate what we're doing yep. going through uh, i think it's fair to say that we'll be a stronger institution at, at the end mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of different ways and uh, hopefully people will recognize that and appreciate it i think um you asked about students if 
if you want me to talk about that now. Uh -huh. We're also putting together a web page that you can get to through um, the main page for students that talks about, has some tips for how to learn online. You know, for a lot of you, I, you, I laughed when you talked about working at home. I worked at home yesterday morning when you have three other people there and three dogs who think every leaf falling is a major incident to be reported to the staff that <laughs> um, can get a bit chaotic. So it's going to be really important for our students to figure out where they can study, where they have a quiet space, what their routine is. Uh, you should have a routine at home just like you have when you're on campus because that's really important. It, it gets a lot easier to let things slip through the cracks when you don't have some yeah. kind of schedule. This is my math time. This is my science time. This is my... Well, and you have to communicate that to everybody else who might be there with you. That's right. That, I mean, my son right now is, is with us. Uh, one, of my, one of my three boys is with us, and he's still taking classes at Nickel State. And so uh, last night he had a class. And uh, he, you know, he, he, we, I was like, well, when are you going to start class? And he kind of started it on the porch and then he realized real quickly Not going to happen. Uh, I, you know, he can't do that around me because I'm like listening and asking questions. And so he just, he went into right. the room, into his room <laughs> and shut the door. And, and uh, so, that, you know, part of that is communicating to everybody else. Look, this is, I, right. I'm focused on this. Don't ask me to do this. Don't ask, you know, don't tell me yeah. you want me to watch a video. Just right let me do my class and it right. really has to be that and so uh, setting those boundaries and, and communicating because it, it still looked like he was there you know it still felt like absolutely he was there. His, his headphones are on just like always so how am I supposed to know he's taking a class that yeah. um, you're absolutely right and and I also hope that students or faculty or staff will reach out for help if they need it we have so many resources here on campus that are available um, if feel free to reach out to me if you want to I'm happy to help you figure out who you should be talking to Again, I've been so overwhelmed with gratitude for this campus at how willing they have been to, to reach out a hand and help. So yeah. I'm 100% confident we can get the help that you need if you'll just reach out and let us know right. what that is. And I know that we're putting together uh, options for online tutoring. Yes. Uh, the, F, the first year experience office and the advisors are all available uh, to do, you know, they're, whether they're at home uh, or working from home, they can still do all of the things that we need them to do. Absolutely. And so if you need help, still make the phone call, send the email Absolutely. the same way. You're going to get the response. We're advising right now online. We started that on Monday. And if, um, if you're a faculty member, please be sure that you've reached out to your students. Um, if you're a dean, please make sure that your faculty have reached out to their students. And if you're a student and you haven't heard, then tomorrow reach out to the dean of your college and that information is available on the website so that we can be sure that you're getting the assistance that you need. Registration starts next week and that's a really important process for our campus. Um, we want to get you in and registered for next year so that you know what you have to look forward to. So um, again, reach out to your advisors. Uh, be sure you check online to see when your registra registration time schedule is. But all of these things are continuing on the same schedule that they were before COVID-19 came into our lives. Yeah. And so, so, so uh, two, two things. One sure. is uh, for spring classes, mm -hmm. we did move back the withdrawal date. We did till April 3rd. Okay, so students that uh, are in a class right now that, that they are uh, thinking they need to get out of, uh, then they have an extra week. An extra week, right. To do that. But registration for fall 
did not change. It did not. So we're still starting that process on Monday. Right. And people need to be uh, engaged in that. Now, uh, Maymester and Summer schedules are open. Have been open for a long time. Have yeah. been open. And so, but you could still uh, enroll. So Absolutely. if you think you need to drop a class, uh, you could still get that done and then you mm-hmm. pick up, uh, maybe pick up a summer or a Maymester class to, to cover that. Uh, if you want to, and or you know, the fall will be opening uh, next week, so uh, it's and important that students know that follow these dates. I know there's a lot of change, but some things didn't change, some things did change. Sure. And if you know, if you're a student that's thinking about withdrawing, please, please talk to your instructor and your faculty member first. Don't withdraw out of fear. Withdraw based on knowledge. Yeah. So um, look at the data before you make that decision, because. Uh, we're here to support you and we're going to help you through this. I know for some people it's not their favorite way to learn, but um, but we're going we're gonna to pull you through this. Everyone out there is capable of teaching this way and learning this way. And, and we're going to make sure that everyone feels comfortable throughout yeah. this process. And for, for students who say uh, either I don't have a computer mm-hmm. or uh, where I live doesn't have Wi-Fi access, uh, there are some opportunities for them to come to campus sure. and still have access. So do you? Sure. You so know? we have four computer labs right now that will be open on campus during regular business hours. So Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. That's the first year experience lab on the third floor of the Storm Dome, the computer lab in the nursing building, one in the COBAC or the business building, and then one in the College of Education, actually two rooms in the College of Education. So those rooms, you'll, when you go in there, you'll see signs posted that say, remember social distancing. There's wipes in there, you know, clean off your keyboard before and after you use it. We have two student workers that will be rotating around those four labs throughout the, um, throughout the days so that if you need assistance, you should be able to find one of those students. And if not, there's a phone number on there for you to call that someone in IT will um will pick up and help so so there's so that again if and that you know it might be because you don't have wi-fi but it also might be because you just like to go somewhere and focus on that right Right. this is my time i'm going to continue the physical part of say going to class sure Uh, that might help just psychologically feeling like okay i'm going to class now and this is uh, so those are available and and uh, students can certainly take advantage of those and if you um, love the library they're also open from two to four every day so if, if that's where you study best feel free to go in there and use the computers yeah. there as well and i did see that the uh, the uh, workout center is going to be open starting uh, next a, week a few hours a day so if you uh, are are kind of cooped up and are looking to two to six uh, i think it was so but you, check yeah, online. that's right yeah check online but you know if you're if you need to get out and and uh, get some energy out or or exercise a little bit that will be available for you and if you're you know obviously current students continue to have access to those facilities even though we're giving you your twenty dollars back that's right you'll be able to still use the uh, facilities so and all, um, all of these things are for our gsw faculty staff and students yeah that's right that's right the, uh, uh, the governor today announced that public schools, public high schools, uh, middle schools, elementary schools, K-12, uh, K-12 would be uh, remain, uh, we say closed, I know that's not the term, they will not be having face-to-face classes 
uh, through April 24th. Uh, the expectation is that they will be back in session uh, physically on April 27th. That may or may not be the case. Your guess is as good as mine. Uh, the reason I bring that up is because uh, May semester and the summer semester, we mm -hmm. have not made a decision on the face-to-face -face classes associated with those two semesters uh, yet. And with that announcement from the governor, I don't think we will make a decision yeah. until we get to the 24th right. uh, and have a better idea. So uh, students that are thinking about or enrolled in those classes, you're just going to have to hang in there right. and, uh, and wait and kind of see how things are going. I'm obviously hopeful that we can have those classes face to face. Maymester starts uh, in May. Yeah, good. <laughs> I think you know graduation was May the fifteenth. <laughs> so, so probably that next Monday. Probably the probably the whatever that seventeenth or eighteenth. So uh, we still have some time, obviously, for to see how this thing works out. But the twenty fourth, we'll start to get an idea and and maybe. Um, like I've said things like that before and, and of course been was, completely wrong. I was just about uh, to two say two hours later. So for about a week there, <laughs> everything I said or wrote was wrong within two hours. So yeah. Um, so they might come out and say all May Mester classes are online, you know, tomorrow. I, I and if they do, I apologize, but I'm just telling you, this is what I know today and this is the information I have and this is what I this is how I interpret what I'm seeing and hearing and well, so at least now we've been right about 24 hours at a time as opposed to two to three so that's right it is it does it seem to be slowed slowing down a little down. bit and that's that's been a positive and uh, I know it's helped everybody calm down a little bit and uh, hopefully our communication has been helpful uh, Chelsea Collins has been doing an amazing job yes. of coordinating the the, the the volume of messages that we're trying to get out um, and trying to create them and, and craft them in, in uh, digestible mm -hmm. bites, right? You know, we could, we could put out one email that had, uh, you know, eight things in it, but it's very hard for anybody to read an email that's got that much information, that much critical information. So we're trying to create smaller doses, but send it more often, but coordinate it so that you don't get... 10 at the same time and uh and so i really appreciate uh chelsea and, and the work that she's doing to coordinate that because communicating well communicating clearly is really important in this time where uh, information is is changing and uh, people aren't together enough right. right so this is the only way we can communicate when it's that lack of information that builds fear right no matter yeah. what the situation right. is so the more that people know the the more Absolutely. Comfortable they'll feel with how things are moving forward. And I've said a couple times, and I'll say it again, if you have a question, if you're wondering about something, please send the question because we're trying to communicate what we think is the most important, what, what will answer the most questions, but that doesn't mean we know every situation. And so if you have a question, ask the question, and uh, we'll come up with the answer or we'll solve the problem or whatever it is. And uh, similarly, I would also say if you are trying something new in your class or as you're teleworking as, as a faculty or staff member, if you find something that works really well for you, share that information as well because some of the stuff that's going up on the faculty resource page is from people who have said, hey, I've tried this and it's worked great. Other people might find it interesting. So yeah, that's, that's right. also been really helpful. So I appreciate that. I agree. The, the, it, it doesn't ever hurt to say something 
that somebody else might pick up from. If 20 people say, hey, I already knew that, but one person says, oh, that's interesting, you've helped somebody. That's and exactly that's, right. Uh, that's the way uh, good education works, right? We, we help everybody along the way. A um, couple other things I wanted to hit on. Uh, I know that the uh, Senate passed the uh, $2 trillion uh, stimulus uh, package yesterday. Um, for those of you who like math, uh, I'm going to give you a big math problem. The uh, I haven't heard if the House has picked it up or passed it today. So, again, I may or may not be correct. <laughs> but uh, in the bill, there was $30.75 billion in federal funding for education, 2% okay. reserved for Indian education, grants to governors, and administrative expenses. Here's the math problem. 46.3% of the remaining $30.135 billion or $13.95 billion was directed at higher education. So the other 53.7% was directed at uh, probably uh, K through 12 education K-12. would be my guess. Um, and so of that $13.953 billion, institutions will receive 90% of that amount. 75% of their share of FTE Pell recipients. So they're gonna calculate our right. full-time equivalent Pell students right. and we'll get 75% of something. I have no idea. <laughs> 25% of FTE for non-Pell enrollments. Right. Now, how what they calculate as, you know, a, a cost of a student, right? We're going to get 75% of something right. or 25% of something. But I don't know what yes. exactly that number is. When I read this, it reminded me of um, sometimes when I ask questions about budgets just in the in the world <laughs> you'll say this and this happens and then the magic happens and then you get this number so yeah. I, th I think there's some uh in the magic happens in the middle there and then we'll get our number so we'll get 75 percent of our share based on okay but how they determine our, What's share, our share though and yeah. you know so you know trickle down right 30 13 billion spread out over 50 states if then Sarah it has, has $100. The, yeah, and then it goes to the system, <laughs> and the system divides it up 26 ways, and there's private schools in the state, so they're going to, you know. It, it and just, different size schools, so oh do you take gosh. size of school? And, it's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. But they are going to send us a check. It'll probably be for $20.05. $20.05 was going to be my guess. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but here's some, here's some interesting things for the students. The Senate bill also includes significant modifications of Title IV rules, including relief from compliance deadlines, the return of Title IV funds, which uh, is interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, that's money that we gave to students for their financial aid that we would typically have to refund back to the, to the federal government because that student didn't actually take classes. They're, we're telling us we don't have to repay that. Uh, Satisfactory academic progress rules are being suspended. So students that uh, are going to get it, basically going to get an extra semester to That's make right. satisfactory uh, academic progress. So students in that category will be able to talk to financial aid uh, and, and uh, make sure they understand it. Okay, it also uh, suspends all direct and guaranteed student loans payments. 
until September 30th. And it says that interest due on such loans covered by the secretary and instructs the secretary to include this suspension as counting toward loan forgiveness. Right. So uh, pretty significant uh, benefits there for students that are uh, getting financial aid. And uh, obviously, institutionally, we'll have to figure out what some of that means. I want to finish uh, today with just a, a quick discussion of our uh, student success and retention. We usually start with that, but I wanted to get to some of those announcements earlier. Uh, but here's the interesting thing. Uh, a couple surveys came out in the last couple days that really talked about how this uh, pandemic and how all of this chaos is impacting students and their psychology. And there's a couple things we know, or at least the survey tells us a few things. One is that students are really thinking about the benefits of being on a smaller campus. Mm -hmm. That's good for us. It's good for right? us. The idea that they're in a safer environment, that they can be communicated with better, that uh, more familiar uh, is good. Uh, students want to be closer to home. The idea of traveling uh, farther away to campus and then being stuck. Mm -hmm. uh, is is a concern now I was you know part of me says well that's good but you think we have a lot of students from Atlanta Florida or the Atlanta area and Florida and so if those students choose to stay closer to home uh, that may not be real right. good for us right. uh, but less expensive is a very good thing for students obviously for the the real fact that all of us uh, have have had a financial impact here mm -hmm. uh, and we're not sure how that's going to shake out over the next six months or so so a lot of students are are rethinking their ideas so of those three factors we're, we've got two out of the three right right and for some we have three out of three right if they're right if they're local, they already live closely uh, then yep. we would be a small close to home less expensive uh, option so i think we have some hope here that uh enrollment's going to going to be okay um our accepted students are still up 20 percent we're running 20 percent over last year last year was up over the year before our partial applications are up 72 percent which normally we don't talk about but the fact that we changed we have now changed admissions criteria because the act and the sat tests are not going to be given for the rest of this year right and so these partial apps usually what they were missing was the ACT or the SAT score. And so now those become complete applications and we have new criteria by which we can evaluate those students. And so we have accepted uh, an additional, uh, I've heard somewhere around 400 or 500 students that because we don't have to wait on that test score, right. we can go ahead and extend our uh, acceptance to them. And so there's been a pretty significant shift in the process and uh, more students will be accepted to the institution and they can start making those decisions. So I think it's really important that uh, all of us continue on this idea. I know everybody was working on it. We don't wanna give that up. Uh, we've, we've had to cancel the next preview day. We've had to cancel the first storm day. So all of these students, and we're not the only school, right? So, so nobody's going to visit schools anymore. Nobody's going right. to that first. And so students are going to have to make decisions based on what they know today, based on the information I have. If you're local, I know you, I know your campus. I know kind of what you cost. I think I'll go there, right? I mean, right. We, we think there's some advantage for us in this market. We have a lot of the things that 
uh, students and families are going to be looking for. And so we need to be talking positively about what we've got going on here at the university. Uh, I thought about this the other day, and I know people don't like all my sports analogies, but you know, I really felt like we had a lot of momentum going at the institution. We have buildings that are being built. We have renovations going on. Uh, enrollment was picking up. We have new academic programs that are being uh, brought to the table. Mm -hmm. We, we have we have something going and, and you know student life has really been developing we're starting mm -hmm. to see some great spirit around campus and somebody called a timeout right and that's what you would do in a game if your opponent yeah started getting a lot of momentum you'd call a timeout and see if you could stop it and so our job when we when this lifts and we can get back to work is to keep doing the things that we were doing that were building that momentum and, and Obviously, some of the rules are going to change a little bit and all that kind of stuff. Psychology has changed a little bit, but but we we did that. We created that. And right. so when we get out of this timeout, we just got to stick with the playbook. We know that if we add some really uh, exciting new degree programs, when we complete the ACE building and we start working on Flory Chapel, we're going to we're going to get some people excited about what we're doing. Sure. If we can attract some students to us because because they had a financial issue or because and they find out this is a really a great place and they take care of us here and I'm having a great time that then builds in their family and their communication to other people and so uh, that's the tough part right, right. it feels like a, it feels like we had it going and, and part of me says ah man it's really is is slowing us down well we got it there right but can I just add to the analogy sure. so when you have a timeout it's like things stop and nothing happens and then you come back but here at the university we're not stopping it's a timeout it looks like a timeout but our work has to continue yeah. so that when we do time back in we're not starting where we left off right. we're starting in a new place and so I, I think that's what's been so energizing for me from the faculty and staff over the last two weeks is they recognize that and they they know that okay so things are going to look different but we're not stopping what we do yeah we're still business as usual just in a different way and that's why that move out was so important right yes. and that's why delivering these courses online in a way that says to the students look we're gonna we're with you right right we're gonna help you we right. we are committed to making sure you're successful that story will resonate across all levels of our community from parents to other parents to other students and it, it builds on our brand and right. it builds on the story that we tell about ourselves that this is who we are this is the way we treat people and this is what you can expect from us right and so when we deliver on that promise uh then when we advertise people can can really believe it absolutely and so it's 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 really been impressive and uh, i certainly agree that uh we we can build this back very quickly right. by doing the things that we know get us where we want to be. And so, um, I, I just I, I reiterate your your um, thanks to those folks and amazement at the at the process that we've gone through. And uh, want to encourage everybody to keep it up. It's uh, it's different, but right. uh, you know whether the governor was right or wrong with his April 27th uh, <laughs> comment, whether the president of the United States is right or wrong about opening the country back up on Easter, 
<laughs> the good news is we are at least starting those conversations right. about when will this get back to what we, you know, when will we be able to, you know, for two weeks now we've been talking about closing, closing, right. shutting things down, you know, quarantining, stop this, stop that. And so to just have the conversation that, look, there's, right. there's light at the end of the tunnel, right? We're starting to see that we might be able to do that. That's lifting my spirits. I hope it helps, uh, lifts everybody's spirits, but that goes to we have to be ready and we have right. to we have to be in the right place and so appreciate the work you've done you uh, throughout this process i know uh, that you've worked very hard uh working with a lot of people getting everybody up to speed and, and uh, it's really been appreciated uh laura dr born uh, with all, all of student affairs cody king with all of our finance uh, it's been amazing uh the team that i get to work with every day has been terrific and really have enjoyed uh say I, I, you know it's not an enjoyable experience but i have enjoyed the work uh with people that i can trust and that are doing really good stuff working hard trustworthy all those kind of things and so uh, i want to thank you guys for doing that and being a great uh, leadership for this university and so i uh, hope everybody has a, a nice weekend um and classes start monday so that's right we're ready to back go back in action back in action full speed ahead and uh Please keep communicating with us and let us know what you need and how we can help you be successful, whether you're faculty, staff, or students. We want to make sure that we finish this semester strong. Uh, Bob, thanks again for coming up and spending the afternoon with us. Bob's sitting about four feet away, further away from me than usual so that we're not uh, breaking any of the rules, uh, but always uh, have a good time with uh, Bob helping us make uh, what's in the cup available. So. Uh, enjoy. We'll be back next week talking about how great things are going with classes back in action. Absolutely. Enjoy the weekend.